Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do. Like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. It's Gary Parrish. Welcome back to CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. The Eye on College Basketball Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. You have consent. And don't forget to also subscribe to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel while you're here. Let's get into it. It's now been two days since Louisville lost 75-63 at home to Arkansas State. It's now two days until Louisville plays its next game at home against Pepperdine. Deadleg, simple question. Do you expect Kenny Payne to coach Louisville against Pepperdine this weekend? Uh, I, I, I can't answer that right now. Um, you want to just uh, well, well, you want to I reboot would, and start uh, over? I don't. I would do prefer I you answer to? the questions. I don't. I don't have that answer. The, the best way I was reading about podcast earlier, uh, earlier, and it said the best way to do a podcast is somebody ask somebody a question and the other person answer it. Yeah. Some some questions aren't answerable though. You know. You know what I'm saying? You just not every question in this world is answerable. And right now, it's not answerable if Kenny Payne will be coaching in that game. On do Sunday. you think he will is answerable? Like I'm just asking you what you think. What do you think, Deadleg? I think he will. I think he will coach in that game. But I accept your answer. But um, from what I gather on this is uh, there is a process that has begun that will lead to Kenny Payne's termination. Um, barring things that, frankly, shouldn't be relevant uh, at this point. What are we even doing here? Um, but, uh, yeah, I think there's a chance that that he doesn't get fired by Sunday. I think there's a chance he could be fired on Friday, frankly. Um, but it has reached a point of truly no return with Louisville basketball and Kenny Payne. If, if you are the subject of an opening segment where your employment is under question on December 15th on a college basketball podcast, no good, no good whatsoever. So, um, yeah, the Arkansas, like the Arkansas state loss was just the latest and it, it came on the heels of a PR nightmare, frankly, um, not nightmare, but but disaster <laughs> when Karan Davis, they announced that he was going into the transfer portal and then he tweeted out, uh, I never submitted any kind of paperwork to go into the transfer portal. I can't believe Louisville would put out a release like this. Yeah, you know, it's disappointing. But then, as sometimes happens in these situations, frankly, um, the school was trying to cover for the player. Because then Louisville, this is all in the hours leading up to the game on Wednesday. Then the school had to come back and put out a release saying, uh, actually, Davis was kicked off the team. <laughs> so we wish him nothing but the best. And he has expressed his intent to continue his college basketball playing career elsewhere. Um, so while trying to do him a favor, the, the player kind of was like, actually, I didn't do this. Well, if you're going to do that, you're going <laughs> to expose us. Like, then we're going to actually say the reason why you're, why you're not playing. Then he goes to the game. Sits in the stands by himself, and the and the and the KFC Yum Center didn't look more than fifteen percent filled, maybe. Um, just a bad look overall, you know. For whatever reason that happened, however it happened, it's just it was a microcosm of of what this program has become under Kenny Payne, and 
now I think wheels are in motion to make a change. And the question is, um, behind the scenes from a, you know, legal and all the proper protocols standpoint, will it be done by Sunday or some have suggested, you know, don't put an interim out there and have them coach against Kentucky. I, I think it's actually the exact opposite, but whatever, um, after Kentucky later next week, it's in six days from now, Louisville's got the Christmas break. And if you're going to make a change, maybe you make it then. So we're heading toward that, but I don't know what date it's going to land. Fewer people will mock your interim coach for getting his brains beat in by Kentucky than would mock Kenny Payne for getting his brains beat in by Kentucky. It's time to start thinking about this differently. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know, I would have done this after last season. I would have pulled the plug after one year. Um, Sometimes you just know you can see it. And it wasn't just that Louisville didn't win very many games last season. It was how they lost them. It was how the entire program was was being run. Uh, this sport is filled with people who are kind men, um, well-liked people, accomplished assistants who simply are not equipped to run major college basketball programs. And respectfully, um, in 32 games last season, I saw all I needed to see uh, from Kenny Payne as it pertains to evaluating him to that standard. It was one blowout after another, one blowout after another. They finished 290th at Ken Palm, which was 85 spots lower than any other ACC school. 85 spots lower than anybody else in the ACC. And I talked to multiple ACC coaches last season, and I say all this respectfully. We're only talking about it because it's the thing to talk about. Not trying to pile on. But they were like, listen, the roster is not good, certainly not the Louisville standards, but they shouldn't be losing like this. Like that, that, that roster should not be getting beat like this and by the people who are beating it over and over again. Four and 28 last season, four and six this season. So Kenny Payne's now eight and 36 as Louisville's head coach with one win over a top 150 Ken Palm team and 13 losses to sub 150 Ken Palm teams. At a place like Louisville, frankly, you should have zero. Losses to sub-150 Kimpom teams. He has, he has 13 in 44 games. Um, they're 203rd at Kimpom right now. That's 33 spots than any other ACC team. So when I would, as the end of last season was approaching, suggest that they should go ahead and do this after one year, enough's enough. The most common thing I would hear is, well, you just can't do it. You just can't after one year. People have all these arbitrary rules of things you can and can't do, and this is one of them. Well, you can't fire somebody after one year. That's what people say. My question has always been simple. Why? Why can't you? If you know that this is bad and it's not going to get better, what is the point of continuing it? And then you'd hear things like, well, he's an alum and people love him and he helped us win a national championship as a player. He's also the first black coach in school history. That's a delicate topic. You just can't do it after one year. Okay. Well, we'll talk again after year two. And now we're not even to Christmas in year two. And this is the conversation. People believed that pulling the plug after one year would be wildly disrespectful, cruel, to Kenny Payne, I actually think we've now reached the point where the opposite is true. The cruel thing isn't to ask for his resignation and accept it. The cruel thing is to allow him to keep going out there and doing a job he's not equipped to do and humiliating himself in that program. I mean that sincerely. I'm not trying to be mean. It has become a laughing stock now. It has become a joke, a meme. Every time Louisville plays, Kenny Payne is trending on XX, formerly known as Twitter. Sometimes it's Kenny Payne, P-A-I-N. There you go. Yeah, I, I, I think the nicest thing you could do for Kenny Payne right now, if you were the University of Louisville, if you really love him the way you say you do, the kindest thing you could do is tell him you're going to give him every penny you owe him and allow him to walk away from this disaster that he has created. Yeah. Um, we'll see how quickly Louisville can do that. Uh, it's you, This is not tenable long-term. Um, Kenny Dickey tweeted, by the way, uh, Louisville, it's 12-point loss to Arkansas State, which had won just three games heading into that game. It was the first double-digit home loss by Louisville uh, to a team with a losing record since 1963. So <laughs> you go back 
60 damn years, man, since we've had a loss statistically that could match what they did against Arkansas State. Um, and right now, I think I think Kenny Payne is four and four, six and six. He's 500. He's he's won as many games as he's lost against mid-major competition, and he's into year two. Not good whatsoever. He's lost 14 home games in that building. Um, he has been a subject. The program has been a subject in a negative light on this show at least four times since we opened the season. And they haven't, you know, they, they played one game of note against Texas that they nearly won. You've had the, you know, the viral press conference quotes. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just time to, uh, to give a change here. We'll see how quickly Josh Herod, the athletic director makes a move. Mike Rutherford, although by the way, uh, who has long since covered that program, lifelong fan of that program does radio in that city, I had a really good piece earlier this week on just the the state of apathy with the fan base and what comes next. Um, Everyone there knows what needs to be done, but it's just it truly is a a matter of how long it takes to get this done. Uh, It would be true malpractice, in my opinion, to continue to have him coach leading up to that Kentucky game. Even if this isn't a world beating Kentucky team, it's an extremely good Kentucky team. That's going to be at the Yum center. There is no reason to, to continue to, um, the show whatsoever. You, if you didn't, if you don't think get things buttoned up by Sunday, fine, but get it done by Tuesday at the latest here so that the team can prep and, uh, and you can let Kenny Payne live with a little bit of peace here. This is, yeah. And we are, uh, we are done here. We will revisit it when we need to revisit it. Moving on. Creighton is eight and two now with zero wins over top 50 Ken Palm teams and two blowout losses to Mountain West Conference schools. They might win the Big East, but they would not win the Mountain West. Norlander, should Creighton fans be uh, concerned? We'll get into that next. But first, a word. I need a word from my partner. Partner. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Dead lag. Creighton is 8-2. Zero wins over top 50 Kinpom teams. Two blowout losses to Mountain West Conference schools. Should Blue Jay fans be concerned or no big deal? It's early. Relax. Computer numbers still look great. Have you heard from some Blue Jay fans in the past two days? Have I heard from Blue Jays fans in the past two days? Um, oh, I've heard from fans of every other school. You've heard, you've heard a lot today. of them, haven't you? Yeah, I was on television the yeah, other day. Yeah, you night. were. Yeah, yeah, you were. You know, we were doing a 30-minute episode of uh, Inside College Basketball in advance of Creighton UNLV yeah. on CBS Sports Network live from Henderson, Nevada. Yeah, of course. And so, you know, I was asked about Creighton, which was like a 15-point favorite in the game. Well, that's immaterial. And boy, I went into all my stuff. You know how I got all my stuff. Yeah. I want to tell you something that some people don't realize. <laughs> I want to hit you with a number here or there. And I want to explain to you why what this team you're about to watch, ooh, buddy, you're not just about to watch them play a non-league game in Henderson, Nevada. You're watching a team that could go on to – Absolutely, win the Big East, go to a Final Four, and even capture a national championship. And the great Zoe, she clipped it, put it on Twitter. We didn't I used saw to have it. these things shared to social media. You used to just say it on television, and it's into the ether. No longer. Oh no! Now Zoe can't get it up. Like, like I say it forty-five seconds later, Zoe's got it up on X. All right, and then I watch it, and I'm like, sounds pretty good. Like I hit every point I wanted to hit. Oh boy, Creighton fans are gonna love this. I'm gonna be trending in Omaha soon. They're not. Oh, gonna... I hit retweet on it, and then UNLV just beat the shit out of them. Oh my god! <laughs> Drop was... an explicit E on the episode description. It was bad. Uh, Woo! And then people start revisiting the clip. You yeah. know, everybody loves to have fun with that. You know, okay. I couldn't help. I I couldn't help but partake as well. I was like, you know what? There's an opportunity. There's an opportunity here. I was wrong. And then I'm not gonna pass that by. You you are more than welcome. For when this happens to me multiple times again later this season to return the favor. Yeah. Here's the thing about uh, talking in advance of things. Even if everything you say sounds exactly right and is rooted in substance, buddy, when they throw a ball up, you just don't know what's going to happen. Nope. Right? And so there we were. Um, 
So as, as I and then I had to revisit the clip and I wanted to make it very clear. If you go watch it and you mm-hmm. can watch it, you can watch it again and watch it again. You can yeah, 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 yeah. pick apart every word. Nowhere in there did I say Creighton's going to beat you at LV. Never once said that. Never once said that. In fact, the only reason I was talking about Creighton, <laughs> the way I talked about Creighton, is because typically going into a game, like in the D block, it will be like, all right, let's get picked from the desk. Yeah. Who's taking you at LV? You know, it's out. And we didn't even do picks because nobody would pick you at LV. <laughs> and so it would just be like, I guess Creighton will blow them out. I guess Creighton will win by 40. It's Creighton, Creighton, Creighton. So it was like, all right, no picks. Let's just talk about Creighton. Cool. I got it. Oh, I know everything about Creighton. Let me go first, please. And uh, we didn't even do picks. But so we did. My point is in the clip, mm-hmm. I never once said Creighton would beat UNLV. Yeah. I said Creighton could win a national title, but I never said Creighton would beat UNLV. And here's the great thing. You will not have to beat UNLV to win a national title. I don't know if you can lose to UNLV and still win a national title. That, that Therein lies the rub, my friend. UNLV is 4-4, four and four, 101 at Ken Palm, has losses at home to Southern, mm-hmm. dropped one against Loyola Marymount, beat Florida State, but who hasn't beaten Florida State these days, and uh, has conquered. Nobody in football. Nobody in football. Not playing football here, GP. Stetson, Pepperdine, what? Akron are the victims previously for UNLV. So uh, are you here to maintain your status, your opinion, your declaration? Creighton can win a national championship, even though it lost by 15 points against UNLV in Henderson, Nevada. Yes. Okay. They can, they as can. in as in it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. I think Jared Burson would back me up on this one. I don't know if he would, actually. I think Jared Burson would back me up on this one. Not that convinced that is He's the case. He's the man who, he he discovered ESPN Stats and Info. He did, he did not, but I'm sure the people at ESPN Stats and Info appreciate every single time you make that claim on the show. He did, Creighton, he invented it. Creighton has a huge game against Alabama. This weekend, uh, spoiler alert, that game is not in the final four and one. So um, let's talk about Blue Jays and then we'll, we'll hit on this game real quick, too. Uh, it is a it is an oddity here that Creighton has has looked really good against non Mountain West schools. But when they but when they get caught in the MW, you've heard of the CW. This is the MW. When they get caught in the MW, it goes real wrong because the other loss you may recall is against Colorado State. And that was by 21 points. Meantime, Creighton's most notable wins outside of Mountain West play uh, are against Iowa, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State and Nebraska were both roadies. So there's a decent amount of stuff there. And other than the fact that they are miserable at turning teams over, just no, there's no desire whatsoever. They're they're last in the, they're literally last in the country in turnover percentage, which is not good. They offset that by having reliable scores: Shireman, Kalkbrenner, Trey Alexander. They're all averaging between 15 and 18.3 points per game. Uh, they foul fewer than any team in the country. So they only average 9.3 fouls per game, which is which is major. And if they can keep that up, um, will obviously be, uh, be something that will statistically benefit them and help them win games moving forward. And they also make 12.13 pointers a game, which is second in the country. So they have stuff to offset that. It actually sets up for a pretty fascinating game against Bama because Alabama – is averaging 93 points a game, shooting 49% from the field, and is shooting 41% from three-point range. So this actually could be a pretty damn entertaining matchup here. Um, you got to figure, you got to figure that Bama is going to be able to get his points, particularly after what it did against Purdue. Um, but Creighton has managed to keep teams to 65 points a night, and uh, and total, total. Keep this in mind for this Bama Creighton game. The teams have only made 49 three-pointers so far against Creighton this season. That's Pretty damn impressive there. Uh, I still buy Creighton. The loss against UNLV is super weird. And if we get talking on on our next show about, you know, Bama having won, uh, and here's a programming note, oh, by the way, um, because Saturday is so loaded and GP's got some scheduling stuff on Sunday that's just going to make it a tighter squeeze than normal, you will, you will be getting, stay up on Saturday. You will be getting a recap show Saturday night because the slate is so major. So I'll mention that again at the at the end of the show. But if uh, our Sunday show is getting bumped up a day. So um, having said that, we'll be coming off this Creighton-Bama game. It's the last big relevant game of the night. And if Bama wins that one, then I think we've got some real questions to address with Creighton, currently top 12 in the AP top 25, and has some good wins. But there is not a standout win just yet. And so, yeah, having gotten throttled, by a Colorado State team that projects to make the NCAA tournament and then getting manhandled by a UNLV team that by no means is on is on a course to uh, to dance come March. Um, it is a bit curious. And on a night when there were two other results that got a lot of noise, uh, being Louisville and 
another game we're going to get to in just a second here. Uh, the Creighton one certainly stands out because I'll tell you this in all seriousness, it's not normal. And I wish I wish I had the data, but I don't. I'd love to know how many times an eventual national champion lost two games by more than 15 points in the non-conference. I'm sure it may be shared person. It, it maybe has happened, but that that doesn't seem to be a positive signal. Not that they can't overcome it, but that that is the case right now with Creighton. And those two games, by the way, came against teams outside the big six structure. Well, the good news is they don't have to play another Mountain West Conference school, not at least till the NCAA tournament. What if they get a Mountain West school in the first round of the tournament, though? That's oh, buddy. Yeah, I, I heard Joe Scott was on the phone. And and hold on. Yeah, if I and they, they, this goes back to last season. Now that you mentioned it, they lost to San Diego State in the in the Elite Eight. Wasn't a double digit ending though. They lost by one. But uh, we got to keep them away from the Mountain West. It, it actually is. It's a if 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 I heard Joe Scott it, it, trying to get a bye game at Creighton. Yeah, right now he would take. He wants to take Air Force. <laughs> okay, they're looking around. You know how when the Mountain West Conference coaches get get together, it's like who have you played? Who do you think we could maybe handle? If I were you, I'd go get Creighton. <laughs> We beat him by two. we beat him by we beat him by eighteen. Never forget that GP went on television and said Creighton was good enough to win the national championship, and then it lost in Henderson, Nevada. It was, the game wasn't even close, by the way. Not even yeah. close. Yeah. They didn't. It was like they were down a bunch, and then they just stayed down a bunch. You you know you did, and the thing is, you delivered it so well. You were like, hey hey hey, listen, all you fools, I got news for you. This this te- this team is just good enough good enough to go to the final four. This team. They can win a national championship. I took it all the way. Not to tip off. <laughs> Flash forward two hours later. I took it all the way. I said it. Goodbye. We went to commercial. I was like, Zoe, clip it. Clip it and post it, Zoe. Clip it and post it. I'm going to be trending in Omaha. Oh, you oh, are. It was, a, it was a nightmare. What are you going to do? I dropped Creighton out of the top 25 and one. Oh, look at you. I mean, what am I supposed to do with you? You lose by 21 to Colorado State, by 15 to UNLV, and you don't have wins to offset it they're not good i gotta get rid of you if i can have Ole miss in with a good enough resume despite terrible computer numbers then the opposite can be true i can have creighton not in even though they have great computer numbers because the resume is not good enough argue with yourself i'm good argue with yourself so hey saturday night we're going head to head with snl uh yeah, maybe maybe not. I don't know if it'll be that. We might be done by SNL starting. I think we, we could be. We might be done by then. Thank God, yeah. Olivia Rodrigo was last weekend. I don't know what time we're starting on Saturday, by the way. Uh, but it'll be after ten Eastern and before eleven Eastern for sure. GP will be on site at CBS Sports Classic. I'll be in studio all day for CBS Sports HQ. So I think the plan will be for me to boot up from HQ, a la what we do for Selection Sunday. It's that kind of Saturday, so just uh, be ready. And uh, if you're listening to this sometime Friday afternoon, evening, even Saturday morning, you know what? If you can if you can make it for the live show on YouTube, get in there. Register to the channel. Hop in the chat. Chat's pretty popping here on a Friday, by the way. Uh, we'd love to have you, and there will be plenty to react to. Hey, before we get to the final four and one, let's get some news and notes from Norlander. Deadleg, what else do we need to know from the past couple of days? All right. Um, Juwan Howard situation here. Uh I think there's a healthy chance we get resolution on this by the end of today, Friday, although it's Michigan. Who the hell knows? Um, In speaking to a a few folks connected to the program, I would say the expectation is Juwan Howard is not fired, Um, but this is a human resources issue. And so a lot of that is just, you know, speculation by proximity and who truly knows. But it was... It was reinforced to me that the fact that this altercation with the strength coach allegedly wasn't physical is why people believe that Juwan Howard will hold on to his job. That said, HR. let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Yeah. When you hear human resources, you typically think of like a traditional workplace environment. We don't often think of basketball practice facilities as a traditional work environment, but like technically it is in a traditional work environment. An employee on a zero tolerance policy who do, who did just what it is alleged that Jawan Howard did right. would be done. 
Uh, yeah, I think I think you're I think you're you're right there. Juwan Howard is not your typical employee. Obviously. I got that right. I'm just I know, you know, that, yeah. for our audience. I understand. I'm not suggesting yeah. he should be done. I'm just saying if this were a traditional work environment and HR were involved, yeah, he would be done. Yeah, and then the question becomes: the, uh, John Sanderson, the strength and conditioning coach, whose tenure with the Michigan basketball program uh, long outdates Howard. He was he was Beeline's guy. Um, do they continue working together? If they don't, does he? Does he wind up working with other programs? And I actually think, and someone told me this as well, like there's a chance that actually backfires from a PR standpoint because uh, this is not common in most places, but for the people in that community, that area, um, John Sanderson is <laughs> is more beloved currently at the moment than Juwan Howard. So that's uh, an interesting situation. We'll see if we get an update here on Friday with uh, his situation. Michigan plays on Saturday against Eastern Michigan. They got to... They got to address this in some sort of fashion here because Jalen Rose went on Twitter five days ago and said Juwan is hoping to return to be the head coach for this game. So, uh, hell, we might get it before the podcast is done. If not, you would think sometime on Friday we get an update. Uh, two other ones. Um, Trent, <laughs> what? what? I just love you're always telling people, you know, something could happen or it might not. You're just constantly That's telling people, hey, I don't really it know. Might happen, it might not. What do you want from me? <laughs> You're just constantly reminding people you don't really know anything. Well, you know, it, it, it's the classic It's the classic reporter thing. Uh, it could happen as soon as today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course it could. Anything could happen as soon as today. I'm hearing this could happen as soon as today. Oh, really? Yes. As, yeah, as opposed I, I, to... I, as and I want to I wanna confirm. I have also heard something could happen today or it might not. Something could. Never know. Transfer situation. Okay. Real quick on this. So... Wednesday, you had a circuit judge in West Virginia um, as part of this uh, sought temporary restraining order brought about by seven different states. It was ruled on in West Virginia. Raekwon Battle, two-time transfer, who has been fighting to get eligible at West Virginia, uh, testified in that case. A temporary restraining order was granted, and this created, predictably, a wave of chaos uh, and some I guess, initial misinformation from the NCAA, wherein from now until December 27th, uh, this judge ruled that the there's a temporary restraining order on the NCAA's multi-time undergraduate transfer rule. If you transfer a second time or a third time as an undergrad, uh, you can't be restricted from playing, according to this judge, although his, his purview of power really uh, is in that state, not nationally. But then the NCAA put out a statement saying it will respect it, and then... On Thursday, the NCAA followed up by saying, hey, oh, by the way, um, yes, these players are now eligible to play during this two-week-long temporary restraining order, uh, which will then go back to court on the 27th with the NCAA obviously fighting it. However, uh, if you play and the court order winds up getting reversed later this month or in January, then your eligibility is burned as a red shirt and you will not be eligible to play then. So you've got the situation where literally dozens of players and coaches and compliance people are now like, okay, what do we do? So you, you have seen things. In fact, in the UNLV Creighton game, Keelan Boom played in that game was a major factor. They played him after this thing got, uh, got sent out on Wednesday and it. I don't want to say Boone was, uh, was the only factor in UNLV Creighton, but he certainly damn helped if you watch the game. Um, oh, I so we'll, it. so we, we, we watched it. We, I know you watched it. I, uh, who the hell knows? I mean, some some of these players are probably going to get put on the floor. Others will not. But I know. I know how this works. The hot They're going to play, and then the thing's going to get reversed, and then the NCAA is going to say, now you can't play, and then they're going to sue them. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just keep doing this. It's a great system we got here. Yeah. So that's what people have been tearing their hair out over in NCAA circles for two days now. Uh, last one, we have to address this. The biggest upset of the season happened on Wednesday when Chicago State ranked 335 heading into that game at Ken Palm. Walked right into Welsh Ryan Arena. Woo. Chicago State, which has lost more games this century than any other program. That's a Jared Burson special, by the way. Uh, <laughs> beat a Northwestern team that on that same floor, had knocked off Purdue. Chicago State getting its first ranked win in history, getting its first win over a power conference program in its history. Congrats to Jared Gillian and the Cougars. Per Ryan Lindley, who knows Northwestern Hoops, he tweeted this at me. Northwestern, now it doesn't get ranked often, but still. Northwestern has not won a game at home while being ranked since 19... 19- 
No, it's actually 1959. 1959 was the last time that Northwestern won a ranked game at home. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one there. Did you rank Chicago State? I, I mean, they're right there. They're hey, right there. They damn well better be. Like, I, I need Jared Burson to look this up. Has a team ever beaten a number one ranked team in the AP poll and lost to a sub 330 team at Ken Palm in the, I don't in the think same so. month? I'm pretty, I don't need any in research. The same I'm, month. I'm that, declaring that's, it. It's never happened. This is the first it's time. It's never happened. It, there's like, no the chance people, it's ever happened. Um, and like this happens in a slow week and it happens with, you know, Northwestern instead of Kentucky. So people don't really even blink too much. We make such a big deal out of UMBC over Virginia or Fairleigh Dickinson over Purdue, a 16 over a one. Just, I hope people understand this is even crazier than those things. Yeah, 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 for sure. So they're on the road. Yeah, it's a true road game, and the stakes aren't as high. Um, but it is a wild outcome. In fact, I'm almost positive that the point spread in Chicago State Northwestern was larger than UMBC Virginia. I don't know about Purdue. FDU or Purdue. Yeah, I don't know about that one. But anyway, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 gonna that's gonna drag you down on selection Sunday. Uh I, well a, a committee convened actually, and and I just got word before the show started. We have the ultra rare, in fact, unprecedented until this point. It's a triple C line loss by Northwestern. Oh my god. Triple has never that's happened tough. before. Triple. That's tough. Triple seed line loss for Northwestern. That's this, tough. The NCAA is actually trying to determine if they will create an entirely new quadrant for this kind of loss. Quad five. Yeah. yeah. We need a quad five. Hey, it's a Q5. Yeah. yeah. Everybody in quad four should like stand up and bolt lock the door and be like, we're not letting this in. You got to send this down to quad it's five. Too embarrassing even for us. Yeah. This is too embarrassing even for us. Yeah. Send this down to quad five. Hey, are you ready to do the final four and one? Uh, word from our partners i need one give me one. Oh, it's what you've been waiting for it's the final four and one presented by fanduel sportsbook make every moment more i think i've been mounted you have been side mounted damn it yep it's a classic side mount situation what are our updated records i think they're 13 11 and one that's right all right but this yeah, is your guy I went four, how long your guy went four and one last week so yeah yeah okay okay Okay, you, got you won the week. You, got you won the week. You won the week. Yep. But you don't win the war in the week. Not I need that music. You, you're bragging about winning battles. I need that I'm trying to win wars. Down. You're bragging about winning little battles. Oh, don't let me, don't make me hit this over on my end here. I'm over there here trying go. to win. I'm over here trying to win wars. Game one. Go set up just a little bit, Nada. Game one, Friday, 10 p.m. Eastern. Look, you're all grossed up, and you're all grossed up, and you're all grossed up. You're picking Friday games with regularity. I am proud of you. I swear, I, 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 I used to say I would never do this, but I used to also say I would never wear Uggs, but sometimes it's cold outside. Well, we all make mistakes. But sometimes it's so cold, and they're so soft. Number five, UConn versus number 10, Gonzaga, inside Lane Staley Arena. I'll take it. You can watch it on ESPN, too. Oh, man, Friday. This is a good night to be in a hotel room in Atlanta. What's your favorite Alice in Chains song? One where Lane Staley and Jerry Cantrell are harmonizing. I think that's that's the best. That's 78% of them. Right. I mean, the first song that jumps into my head is Wood. Wood is top five. What is great? What is great? I, you know what? Like I randomly ran into Allison Chains. I randomly ran into Allison Chains a few months ago. I don't even know how it happened. And I was like, I like Allison Chains. I love those songs. Great song. Nutshell would be my answer. Thanks for asking. That's a great one. That's a great one. I love those songs. UConn minus four and a half. That's what FanDuel has. And this is a line, by the way, because we've had it available because it's a Friday game. The ones upcoming are all going to be Ken Palm projected lines because the actual lines aren't available on Friday for Saturday tips. These teams have played six times. UConn is 4-2 and two in the history, obviously, last season. Won by 28 
in the tournament. The other five games, though, in this history of the series, uh, dating back to 98-99, all been decided by five points or fewer. UConn has passed the test, to say the least, to this point in the season. The only loss on the road against Kansas by four points. This game, not a road game, as GP noted. Lane Staley Arena, also known as Climate Pledge Arena. Uh, Huskies, do they get... Do they get a big game out of out of out of Klingon in this one? Or is this going to be the Tristan Newton show again? Stefan Castle obviously is getting better with each returning game. Uh Cam Spencer, whose look at, of black shoes on white socks, uh I can't get enough of it. Um he will he will trash talk anybody. Uh we'll see on that. Hey, a quick question for you before I pick the game. I know you I I don't I'm not even gonna ask if you saw because I already know you saw. How Sidney Sweeney presented a basketball signed by the entire Gonzaga team to Jimmy Fallon earlier this week on his show. You saw that? Yes, Sidney Sweeney and Graham E.K. confirmed. Not confirmed. I'm not, I'm not going to. I will not associate myself with reckless speculation and rumor mongering. Such I heard Graham E.K. and Sidney Sweeney were spotted at a Christmas-themed party with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. That's Regardless, what I heard. I, hadn't, I had no idea... Jimmy Fallon was even a Gonzaga fan. Uh, and I didn't know Sydney Sweeney was from Spokane. She said that on the on the clip there. So uh, I know I've known all these things. You have. Okay. I know okay. everything about Sydney Sweeney. Uh, we know that. Let's keep it moving here. Why did I bring it up? I will take you said four and a half? Four and a half. That's what FanDuel said. Make every moment more. Does it feel like to you, Gonzaga, best win so far? against UCLA and USC on neutral floors. Do you feel like Gonzaga still needs uh, – we still need to know an, a bit more about this team for as good as Mark Few has been? You know, it lost against Washington just last weekend. It got taken out by 10 in Maui by Purdue. I feel like we, we know all the answers to Gonzaga six weeks into the season, Parrish? No, I think I know Gonzaga's good. I think I know Gonzaga's yeah. good. I don't know if I know if Gonzaga's one of the top 10 teams in the country. I need to see more yeah. to, to, to establish that. But I think it's clear they're good. They're good. Like, if you were going, this is the year they really slip. If by really slip, you meant to 22 instead of two, maybe. But I still think this is a this is going to be a forever top 25 team. It's the last big non-con game of the season for Gonzaga until the road one against Kentucky, which I love the fact that that is going to be in the middle of February. I... Cross-country flight. I, I will take Gonzaga inside the number here, but to me, this is like a top three toughest uh, game to pick this this, this weekend because I can see UConn winning by 15 because of how good it's been at the top. But I will go Zags inside the number. I wrote about this in the top 25 and one on Friday morning. Do you agree with me? Tristan Newton should be considered, even though Tyler Kolick is the reigning Big East player of the year. Right now, Tristan Newton should be considered the favorite to be Big East player of the year. Yeah, that is that is for sure the case. Um, if you've watched the games, if you've seen what he's done, if you look at his stat line, I haven't checked this week, but I, when I wrote on him, you know, eight days ago, he was the only player in the country averaging at least seventeen points, six assists, and six rebounds. And as of Friday, see where he is in the Player of the Year at Ken Palm. As of Friday, fifth. he's fifth. Yeah, so he's fifth. He's fifth, and he's the highest. I consider Terrence Shannon more of like a um, like a forward wing, frankly, than a guard. Trist, Tristan Newton, if you take that definition, he's the highest ranked guard in the K Play. 17.7.2 rebounds, 6.1 assists, 1.5 steals in 31.5 minutes per game. He has been terrific. He's the main reason UConn is 9-1 and one with the lone loss coming by four points at Kansas. I think UConn is the better team, but I'll just take Gonzaga plus four and a half points in, in Lane Staley Arena. I mean, with the ghost of Lane Staley looking down, you're not going to lose by more than Four, four points with the ghost of Lane Staley looking around. Not in not in Seattle. I wouldn't think. So give me the Zags plus the four and a half. Big spot here for Ryan Nemhart, by the way. He's been good, but I would say uh, there's definitely room for him to grow to uh, play up to expectation. We'll see if he steps up in this one. Game two, Saturday, 1230 p.m. Eastern. It's number two, Kansas. At that blue blood Indiana. Should I just inside lay Yogi Ferrell Hall. You can watch it on CBS. It's America's most watched network. It's the network of stars. Kim Pop has it, Kansas minus six. And I know what you're thinking, Deadleg. Why are you naming it after Yogi Ferrell? 
There's been so many great Hoosiers come through that place. Why do you bestow this honor on Yogi Ferrell? And to that, I would say, well, you know why, dum-dum. It's because Yogi Ferrell was the leading scorer the last time Indiana finished in the top 25 at Ken Palm. He's now 30 years old. He's now 30 years old and playing basketball in Montenegro. He was the leading scorer the last time Indiana finished top 25 at Kempa. Hunter Dickinson returns to Indiana, by the way. Seems like they're not going to be that uh, <laughs> that cheery with him. I think Indiana fans are going to be all too eager to, uh, to boo on the big man, former Michigan player, of course. This is the 16th time these two schools have met. Trivia time, who leads the all-time series? I mean... It's two blue bloods. Who leads the all-time series between Kansas and Indiana? Well, usually I just say Indiana because Indiana is a blue blood. And I mean, you should just assume blue bloods do awesome stuff all the time, right? Okay. What's your answer? I mean, this one doesn't. This one doesn't. But it's a safe assumption to make. I mean, I'm going to go with Indiana. Correct? Indiana leads. Yeah, it's Indiana. Eight to seven. Eight to seven. Yeah, it's Indiana. Kansas has never won at Assembly Hall, has played there three times previously, 71, 73, and 94, all Jayhawk L's. In fact, how about this? The last time these teams played in Bloomington was almost 29 years ago to the day. Indiana was unranked. Kansas was number three in the country, and Indiana beat them by 19 points on that day in 1990. Oh, yeah, they still, they're still hanging on to that. Well, you know, <laughs> these teams went last year. Kansas. No, that's like one of the big highlights of the past 30 years. Kansas beat them by 22 in Lawrence last year, and Kansas is 9-1 in his last 10 games against Big Ten opponents. This is the 50th game Indiana has ever played against a top-two opponent in the AP poll. KU is, of course, number two. The last time Indiana won a game against a top-two opponent at home, Christian Watson, the watch shot. That was December of 2011. Watford? Did I say Watson? I think so. <laughs> Watson! I mean, um, I think this is sneaky good right here. A uh, couple of couple of teams with plenty of height to go around. We'll see how much Kansas can use its bench or if it needs to. This is the first road game for Kansas this season. Um, KU in its starting lineup certainly has more experience than Indiana. What's that number again per Ken Palm? Six. Six. I will take Indiana. Because someone has to stand up for the Hoosiers on this podcast, and we all know, sure as hell, it's not you. Give oh, it news. is me. It's not. Yes, it is. You are you are the gaslight king. Just no, take no, Kansas no, no, and no. get it over with. I, I see take it in the Kansas chat. and get it over with. Because I see it in the chat. People are like, let's not overthink this. It's, it's Kansas against – it depends. I'll just state these factually because I don't know which one you want to go with. All right? Some people prefer one computer. Some people prefer other computers. I don't want to be biased. All right. So I'll just say both and you can use whichever one you want. Some people are like, this is Kansas against just the fourth best team in Indiana, according to Ken Pop, or the sixth best team in Indiana, according to the net. Now, I'm not here to tell you which one to believe. You can pick. It's up to you. I don't care. So I get it when people on a surface level are like, it's Kansas against the fourth best or sixth best team in the state of Indiana. What are you even doing? But here's the thing. This is a blue blood program we're talking about in Indiana. And it doesn't matter that they haven't finished in the top 25 at Ken Palm since 2016. And it doesn't matter that they have underachieved every year under Mike Woodson relative to their preseason Ken Palm ranking. In year one, started 30th, finished 48th. In year two, started 12th, finished 30th. In year three, started 50th, and is currently – all the way down at uh, 78. I'm still going to believe in blue blood programs. Well, there are two of them in this game, so you have a, a lot of leeway right now. Yeah, but what I'm believing in specifically as it pertains to this is that no blue blood program should ever be given six points at home, regardless of the competition. <laughs> okay. Like, like blue blood program at home against 96 Bulls, the number should never be more than plus six it's outrageous it's a blue blood program at home you don't give it six points so i don't know what's going on with the computers that are spitting this out 
but it seems pretty clear to me we reached the point where they're not properly respecting blue blood programs at home. So I'm taking Indiana plus the six. Not going to trick me. <laughs> First of all, we have doomed this program. We both took Indiana here. Yeah, plus six. You can't give a blue belt program six points at home. That's crazy. I got a woodpecker on the side of my office right now. Are you kidding me? I got leaf blowers in my backyard. Can you hear it? Serious problem with the, with the double Indiana pick. Have you heard leaf blowers? Shut up. I got a woodpecker. Where the hell is this thing? Call the next game. Hold on. I'm not letting this thing tap into my side of my house. Give the give the layout for the next one. You're gonna go kill a bird. You're gonna go kill a bird right during the final four and one. Dead Lake's gonna assassinate a bird. I just don't think. I just think. Details aside, I don't think you should ever give a Blue Blood program six points at home. That seems crazy to me. Even one that hasn't finished in the top 25 at Ken Palm since 2016. Even one like that. I would never give I it assume six you've, points. Uh, it's one thing after another with the animals on this show, by the way. I assume you've read the, uh, the setup for the Purdue-Arizona game, right? No, I was just still trying to hammer home the point that I think it's crazy to give a Blue Blood program six points at home. Let's and go. As much as I respect Kansas, and I have identified them on a previous podcast as the team I still think is most likely to win the national championship, you just can't give a blue blood program like uh Let's go. Like Indiana. You can't give a blue blood program like Indiana six points at home, even if it is technically either the fourth or sixth best team in the state of Indiana right now, according to Kim Palm and the net. Game three. Saturday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, number one Arizona versus number three Purdue inside David Letterman Fieldhouse. You can watch it on Peacock. <laughs> Kim Pom has it, Purdue minus one. Can, can you say that one more time? You can watch it on Peacock. <laughs> oh. oh, I can't wait. My I can't wait to watch so many driving people mad about Peacock. They're going to be a 71-year-old Purdue fan. One. Who grew up. By a million. Grew up with Rick Mount. <laughs> going to be like, I can't figure out what you channel this game's on. Game on. What channel are the Boilermakers on? <laughs> That's coming. Oh, I can't wait to do a search. Buddy, at 445 Eastern, I'm just Twitter searching Peacock. <laughs> I can't wait. And what else is new? Um, all right. As to the game. Yes, this is we've mentioned it multiple times leading up to Friday. This is your last reminder. And if you're if you're into Arizona and, and Purdue, you're aware of this. But if you're just a college basketball fan, if you want to watch the game, you need a login to Peacock. The free trial. Well, however, you got to do it. Whatever. Make sure you're there because this is obviously the biggest matchup of the weekend. Number one versus number three. It's just the how many times. How many times since we have I have this in my notes here? Um we have had a top three matchup seven times since the 2010-2011 season. We've had two teams in the top three. We get it here on Saturday. One reason why I love this game so much is that both of these teams, like we're rewarded as college basketball fans. The sport is rewarded. Arizona and Purdue have have two of the most ambitious non-conference schedules in the entire country. And, oh, by the way, they said they're both you know top three teams at this point in the season. So they schedule tough and they have matched that you know, ambition to this point in the season. Arizona with the win against Duke. Obviously, Michigan State, we'll get to them in a second, but ASU has, uh, Arizona has a win over them. Uh, a recent destruction of Wisconsin. Now you got Purdue. Bama still waiting on Arizona's schedule, and so is FAU, oh, by the way. So um, that's impressive. And then Purdue, it's one after another after another. I mean, it had Gonzaga, Tennessee, Marquette, and Maui, uh, and it had the win over Bama. Now it's got Arizona here. So... Really, really impressive stuff, and I cannot wait for this game. How Umar Balo defends Zach Eady, we'll have to see on that. Um, the last time the Boilermakers won, here's, here's a nice little coincidence. Last time Purdue won against a number one team was in Indianapolis 23 years ago against Arizona when it was number one. That was also on Peacock. It definitely was not. Uh so, you know, a little universe winking situation here. Um, Purdue right now and Arizona, two of the best offensive teams in the country. Um, Arizona's assisting on almost every single bucket it makes, 20, 21 out of 34. Uh, and it's forcing 15 turnovers a game. So the pressure, Arizona's defense, 
something to be reckoned with here, and we'll see if Caleb Love can show up. He leads the team in scoring 14 a night. Also is averaging five boards. And importantly, you know, 4.5 assists. Um, he's still just down at 30% from three-point range, but he's coming off his best game of the season against Wisconsin. Pella Larson, all by the way, is as well. Um, I cannot wait for this one. I will take... First of all, how many... Uh, how we think of what like seventy percent of the building is Purdue Purdue backed. Arizona fans will travel, but this is going to be a heavy, heavy Purdue contingent in here. Uh, It'll look like West Lafayette in downtown Indianapolis. This is game three, so no matter who I pick, you're going the opposite. By the no, way, maybe not. It depends. This is going to depend because I've got strategy. I've 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 developed a strategy. I found a, I found a, I found a flaw in the system. I'm sure you did. Uh, what the hell? I'll take Arizona. Arizona to cover. You fell for it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. You fell for it. Okay. You fell for it. Here we go. Yeah. You think you could take the number one team in the country as an underdog and feel good about it? Nope. Okay. Nope. Nope. Has this worked out for you the previous two times you've done this this season? The previous 15 times you've done it on the podcast? You're not thinking about this properly. I was wrong. You're not thinking about this properly. Okay. You got to work through it. Everything is connected. Yep. Let's hear the conspiracy theory. Let's go. Everything is connected. Think about this. Indiana is an interesting state. All right. It's an interesting state because they got a blue blood program. All right. All right. Let's go. No, you need to understand this. You're going to keep making these mistakes until you understand this. This is what I tell my kids all the time. Like, you need to know why you keep making this mistake. It's what I tell Draymond Green all the time. You need to know why this is happening so that you can prevent it from happening. Okay. You don't, you don't see what you don't see what you don't see. Indiana is an interesting state. It has a blue blood program, but that blue blood program is only the fourth or sixth best team in the state, depending on what computer you're looking at. Now, do you know what team is the best in the state? No matter what computer you're looking at, Purdue. So think about this. Blue Blood program is only fourth or sixth best. And then you've got this other thing that is number one everywhere. That means it's like that much better than a Blue Blood program. And you only have to lay one point with them in down in their home state. What are we talking about? And that's ankle deep analysis, by the way. This is what you come to the show for. A Purdue team that is that much better then a blue blood program in its own state gets to play in its own state and only has to lay one point. Forget about it. Purdue, give me the Boilermaker. Zach Eady goes for 24 and 14. Let's go. How about that? How about with a little uh, combined Eady over under boards and points? I'll say, I'll set the line. You said 24 and 14. So what the hell? I'll put it at, I'll put it at, uh, I got a point five. Yeah, 38 and a half. You're going over. Up. I'm going over my own. Well, you, over. Just, you, you just said under. Yeah, but now I'm, I got fired up. Okay. I got I got gassed up a little bit. I'm going over. I'll go under. 38, 38 and a half. 38 and a half. Hey, not if you can change the poll real quick and we'll I'll give the results at the end of the show. Over under, see what the audience on the on the YouTube show says. Over under 38.5 combined points and boards for ED against Arizona on Saturday. Get it in there and I'll uh the people listening, I'll give the results at the end of the show. Game four, Saturday, 5 30 p.m. Eastern. Number nine, North Carolina versus number 14, Kentucky. Inside Ronald Acuna Jr. Arena. You can watch it on CBS. It's America's most watched network. It's the network of stars. Kim Pom has it. UNC minus two. Ooh. Ooh. Do we wait think that big will be blue the nation? When, when the wait big will, blue nation hears about that. When when we wake up on Saturday morning and we're going to make every moment more, do we think the FanDuel line will actually be UNC favorite in this game? I think it'll be... UNC minus one, pick them, something. I think it'll be less than that. Kentucky averaging 90.6 points a game this season. Uh, I got a great note on Rob Dillingham. This is courtesy of our CBS Sports researchers. Uh, he's averaging 14 points, 4.2 rebounds, and 4.9 assists. Dillingham is. He's the fourth freshman under Cal to do that. Trivia time! Who are the other three? Okay, give it to me again. 14 points. There's only been three previous players as freshmen at Kentucky to average at least 14, four, and four in a season. Dillingham currently crosses those thresholds. Who are the other three to do it? J- Jamal Murray. Incorrect. Damn. I was wrong. 
John Wall. You got it. One out of three. Um, four and four. Shea Gilgis. Yeah, Mr. Gilgis did it indeed. A nice uh, harbinger omen for what he would be as a pro there. He is the second of the three. And who's the other one? He's so awesome. John Wall, Shea Gilgis. I can't believe Jamal Worry's not one. No. I don't know. Brandon Knight. Yeah, that makes sense. Brandon Knight's the other one. Dillingham right now, shooting 48% from the field, shooting 51.4% from three-point range. Reed Shepard has been the best freshman in the country, but Dillingham is a top-five guy, no doubt about it. Um, And how those guards match up, like how big will R.J. Davis uh, wind up being in this game. Cormac Ryan has obviously showed out well. And then you got an intriguing big man situation. Aaron Bradshaw continues to come along, going up against Armando Baycott, a season of a veteran as we can really have in this sport from a big man perspective. So uh, GP will be on hand. He'll be on site. This is a wonderful, wonderful CBS Sports Classic matchup here. It is the marquee game. We'll get to the undercard here in just a minute. Uh, I will take Kentucky. I will take Kentucky in this spot. Um, yeah, I, and both teams. I just like the fact that both teams. We got two blue bloods, not in the state of Indiana, ranked in the top fifteen, that are making positive strides after you know an, an off season of of curiosity and some semi skepticism. They've done well for themselves. I want to see how UNC responds. They got overwhelmed by UConn. Kentucky's not UConn, but they got overwhelmed on a neutral site recently by another blue blood. We'll see how they handle it here. I'll take Kentucky if it's UNC plus two. I'm taking Kentucky against that number. Imagine if Kentucky were a blue blood program, but only like the fourth or sixth best team in the state. That'd be wild, wouldn't it? It it would be apocalyptic. You know, it would. I'll also take Kentucky. I think these are comparable teams. I think these are comparable teams. I think Kentucky will have a crowd advantage. State Farm Arena down in Atlanta. Kentucky fans, man, they know how to fill up a building. I think Kentucky has a, a, a crowd advantage in Atlanta, and that's the difference. Kentucky wins a close one. I'll take the Wildcats plus two. All right, some other games to know on Saturday. Baylor-Michigan State is a two-eastern tip on Fox. Uh, MSU is not off to its worst start ever under Tom Izzo. In 3 4 it started 5-7 and seven and rallied to make the tournament. It might have been a seven seed that season. Uh, the time is now for MSU uh, but that is a hell of a uh, of a of a game there uh, against uh, against Baylor in Detroit. You've got Texas A&M going up against Houston that is not at Houston it is in Houston. Um 2:30 Eastern tip on ESPN2. Just a loaded Saturday here folks. Clemson plays at Memphis at 3 Eastern. Uh because we have you know a bunch of bowl games on Saturday that's an ESPN plus game but undefeated Clemson after at a really good Memphis team, that's another one worth watching that we'll no doubt address on our Saturday night show. You've got a and two, eight and two FAU against seven and two St. Bonaventure in Springfield. Uh, I actually think it's a big game for both these teams. The A-10's got a little bit of promise at the top here. So Bonaventure, you got a window. Uh, see if you can capture it. Meanwhile, FAU has a game against Arizona lurking next weekend. You want to go at least one on one in these next two. So we'll see if they can get it done. Um, Chicago State against DePaul, 5.30 Eastern Fox Sports 1. That's right, 5.30 Eastern Fox Sports 1. Chicago State going for the Windy City Sweep, the rarely accomplished Windy City Sweep. We'll see if the Cougars can get it done. Uh, I think they have a chance. And if they do, we might have to add Tony Stubblefield to that discussion. Uh, And then another huge game, again, as previously mentioned, you've got Alabama at, this is at Creighton. That's an 8 Eastern tip on Fox uh, for our Saturday night show, that game will end. Uh, GP will be back at his hotel room by that point. I'll have to do some studio stuff with HQ. So the hope, the target is maybe to get booted up by about 1040 Eastern, but it depends on the flow of that game. And uh, I'm going to have to do some highlights and analysis on the desk there in Stanford. On Sunday, here are the games on Sunday. that we So we will not have a Sunday, barring you know, major news. We won't plan on doing a Sunday show, but keep an eye on Syracuse versus Oregon, one Eastern CBS Sports Network. That game will be in the Pentagon. South Dakota, CBS Sports Network, Syracuse versus Oregon. Uh, a fairly important non-con matchup for both those teams trying to build a semblance of a resume to get in at large. You've got USC at Auburn, one Eastern on ESPN. Bronny James goes on the road. Uh, a very big game for USC. We previously talked about 
why with its schedule issues. And then eight and two Nebraska at eight and two Kansas State. It's also a pretty uh that's a pretty decent that's a pretty decent game between former uh intra-conference foes. Obviously, those teams are in different leagues now. The and one, I'm sticking with the company line here, uh, because also you've got plenty of urgency with this one. UCLA and Ohio State. You what did you call this? What's where are they playing this game at? Ronald Acuna Arena. Ronald Acuna Arena. So there we go. Three Eastern tips, CBS. You'll get you'll get Kansas at Indiana first, then you'll get Ohio State, UCLA, and then you'll get uh, UNC and Kentucky triple header Saturday on CBS for you. Uh, I, you're going to be at this game. Mick Cronin is going to coach in this game. When you are, when you're in the same area as Mick Cronin, like what's that, what's that situation like? Like, how's that play out? You, are you renting a, a two seat bicycle and pedaling around town? Like, are you walking into diners and like sitting on the same side of the booth? Do you see each other and just like instantly start finishing each other's sentences? How's that usually go? We, we, it's the first we, we uh, get a two seater bike. We pedal around. Yeah, yeah, cool. Mick and I will be pedaling around Atlanta later tonight. Yeah, yeah. So it's a wonderful scene. If anyone sees uh, Mick Cronin and GP out there, uh, you know, twins separated at birth, just pedaling yeah. all around the A, uh, please snap a fi- picture and uh, and send it over to us. We'd love to. We'd love to have that. Ohio State, UCLA, Ken Palm. What do you think the line is at Ken Palm for this one? Well, if you had to guess, I'm going to give it to you, but the old guess the guess the line bit. What do you Ohio think? State minus three. It is. I think you looked at it. I mean, I'm staring at it. What are you talking about? <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's like on the screen in front oh, of I me. Don't, I don't have the. I don't have the. <laughs> I, I I I had Ken Palm up. I don't have the. I don't have the actual show in my view. It'd so. be like it'd be like you asking me right now. Not what do you think my office. shirt says? Take a guess. GPM, we're in a band shirt. I'm trying something new for the podcast. I put a band t- T-shirt on. If you had to guess, what would I be wearing right now? I don't. Uh, hold. Let me guess. It, for the people say- that aren't that aren't watching, internal trivia time. What band am I wearing? See if you can guess. Canadian band. See if you can get it before GP says it. All right. Say it. What am I wearing? Rush. Rush. We love Rush. We love Rush. Anyway, the line is three, and God, I had it on the screen, and I had no idea. Ohio State minus three. Who you got? I mean, what do you want me to do? It's a blue blood program catching points. What do you want me to do? And, like, it's not just any blue blood program. This is one that actually consistently finishes in the top 25 at Ken Palm. What do you want me to do? That might be up for debate this season. Could be. Could be. I'm taking the Bruins plus three. And I don't mean that disrespectfully towards Ohio State and Chris Holtman. Uh, he doesn't get the respect you, you he deserves. You credit, and I can't help but respect you for it. Chris Holtman doesn't get the credit he deserves. That's been going on for years. Yeah. This is this one tears my heart in half, you know? Making me pick between Chris Holtman and Mick Cronin tears my heart in half. But I'll just take the points. I think they're comparable teams. If I can get three points with either one of them. How about this? If you made it UCLA minus three, I would take Ohio State plus the three. I just want the three points. I don't care who I got. Just I want three points. Bruins averaging just 69 points a game this season. That's lowest in the Pac-12. And uh, they're one of the slowest teams in the country right now. Just uh, about 65 possessions a game adjusted for competition there. Ohio State, meantime, it's got... It's got some real three-point attack to it. It's got five players shooting at least 40% from three this season. Scotty Middleton, Roddy Gale, Bruce Thornton. If you have not seen Bruce Thornton yet, he is he is emerging as one of the most valuable players in the Big Ten. Uh, Jamison Battle and Dale Bonner all shooting well from three. Ohio State's actually also a really good team on the offensive boards. UCLA has some height to it. We'll see uh, what it can do in this one. Um, this is it's a big game for UCLA, as previously mentioned. Does not have a win of note yet this season. And let me bring up the schedule for the Bruins here. So they got Ohio State here. They still have a home tip against Maryland, but guess what? That's going to be like a quad two game. It could, If it really falls through the floor for Maryland, it's a quad three, but it'll probably be a quad two. So if UCLA loses on Saturday... It will get out of non-con without a quad one win, and none of the none of the previous ones are going to elevate to that status. That's actually that's an issue for uh, for the Bruins here. Um, I will take I'll take Ohio State in this one, uh, favored by three, but I could see UCLA pulling out. I'll take I'll take Ohio State. Uh, I went on Adam Jardy's podcast earlier this week, as GP has done. In the Love past. Adam Jardy, wonderful wonderful beat writer, covers Ohio State, and uh, we talked about the game. But I also brought up that, you know, in relation to what we started the show with, um, when Louisville opens uh, uh, on the list of five or six most uh, – when the, when those lists come out, the job opens, who are names, uh, both these coaches will be attached to that list for the Louisville opening. Mick Cronin and Chris Holtman 
uh, will both be considered candidates or you know, you know sensible targets for the job here. They just happen to be facing each other in this game. Uh, yeah. So did we? Did we? Did we agree? No, we disagree. So we disagree on two of those games. There we go. Yeah. Nada. What's the? Uh, what? What? I'm just gonna keep taking blue bloods plus okay. points. What is our uh, Nada? What is our poll split right now? Over under 38.5 points and boards for Ed. What does the audience say? 58% says over. 58% says over. 58% is with GP. I got one more thing before we get out of here. Oh, great. Did you happen to watch Jeopardy on Thursday? No. Oh, you're not ready for this. Nada? The Campbell Fighting Camels are from near the Cape Fear River in this state. Young shit. Was Maine? Sorry, no. Garrett is Florida? That's also incorrect. Andrew? I'm good. <laughs> Andrew's winning by doing nothing. What is it? North Carolina. Garrett, you select. What's going I think on? what we had there, first of all, this is an affront to the podcast, but they just had three thems on Jeopardy. Yes. yes. I'm clear. Unquestionably. I mean, I, I'm not sure you can even get on Jeopardy. You know? You know what I'm saying? Okay. Take it easy. You know what I'm saying? No, no. Alex Trebek was one of us. Let's be clear on that. Oh, yeah. You can host Jeopardy. Okay. But I don't know if you can get on Jeopardy if you're an us. I think if you can knock out every Jeopardy question, you got some real damn qualities. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's problematic. How are you not going to know? It's offensive. But I couldn't I couldn't couldn't believe my eyes when I saw it uh pop across the timeline there. Fighting camel content. It had been it had, it had been genuinely a while since we last talked about the fighting camels from Campbell from Bowie's Creek, North Carolina. Five and six on the season. I regret to inform that the three most recent wins for Kevin McGeehan's team have, have come against non division one competition. They haven't won a D one game since November twenty second. Next game comes Monday at home against Morgan State which is four and eight and also has three wins against non D one teams. That is your fighting camels content on this Friday night. I think we can get out of here. Final four and one is set. This is the weekend. I plan to create an insurmountable lead presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more shouts to Devin Downey shouts to Chester, South Carolina shouts to Terry M F and Teagle legend hook. Larnell, thank you guys once again for listening and watching the Iron College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. There's more of us than there are of them. How are you going to say Florida, man? They're putting camels in Florida? I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe. In all seriousness, you get on Jeopardy. What's your final money total? Oh, negative. So negative? I'm really stupid. Okay. I really don't know a lot. <laughs> I would be terrible. I don't really know that much. <laughs> like, I'm good at talking about stuff, but I don't know a lot. You know what I do every we watch We watch it every so often, like maybe once or twice a week, just because it, uh, it it just it happens beyond before we rally the kids to go to bed. And my wife loves giving me crap over this, as she should, because every so often, like, they'll, they'll, they'll have a, a clue that comes up on the screen, and I'll say the answer in my head, but I won't say it out loud. Like, sometimes I'll say it out loud, sometimes I won't, and then it'll be the answer, and I'll say... Damn it, Matt, you knew it. Why didn't you say it? And she's just like, shut up. <laughs> say it or don't say anything. It'll happen every every so it happened on a clue last night. I can't even remember which one it was. But I'm like, why didn't you why didn't you say it? Jeopardy heads know what I'm talking about. I, I I got you above. I got you clearing. I got you out of there with the cool twelve hundred. I'm giving I don't you a, know. Yeah, I'm giving you a cool I appreciate the confidence. Twelve hundred, you're the third person at the end there. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'd just be like buzzing in and they I'd be like, what is UMass Lowell? You know, that's all I know how to do. I would just do, what is UMass Lowell over and over again? And just hope I get lucky. It's tough out there. Uh, Saturday night, be there. Sometimes oh, I'm so glad Olivia go. Rodrigo was last weekend. We caught a break there. We caught a break there. We'll talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care.